Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of the Outside Podcast. I'm the host, Wayne Ebersole, and we have kind of a unique uh, topic of conversation today. Aaron, why don't you tell us what we're talking about today? Yeah, sure, sure, Wayne. Thank you, uh, thank you for having myself on. Slade's also here to join us today. Slade That's Johnson down in Alabama. So, uh, so I think today's topic, uh, we're actually going to talk a little bit about Big Sky Capital, okay, which uh, was founded by you, Wayne. Uh, yes, you're you're the founder of, of Big Sky Capital, and so Big Sky Capital is actually how I met Wayne. I uh, met Wayne about a year ago at a uh, a little over a year ago at a conference down in Fort Lauderdale, and um, actually it's been a lot more than a year ago now. <laughs> and so um, so you know Wayne was uh, starting up Big Sky Capital, focused on regenerative agriculture investing, and um, he really has a, a, a unique focus. And I want to really get into that today. We were uh, we were at dinner in Dubai back in June. And we were sitting there having dinner at this wonderful Middle Eastern place that I love to go to in Dubai. And Wayne just rolled out about six minutes, seven minutes of the most wonderful description of Big Sky Capital I've ever heard uh, him talk about. And so I want to try to capture that today. I want you. I told you then. I said, Wayne, I said, I want that on video. (laughs) And so here we are. We're going to try our best to capture it. So, Wayne. We're at, we're at dinner. Uh-huh. We're having this wonderful meal. Um, we're going to pretend that Slade was there. Slade, hopefully you can be there next time we go. I'll take you there. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, it's cheap. It's really good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, it was. And more than you could eat. And, and we're sitting there having dinner, and we're talking about Big Sky Capital. We've got this other gentleman from the Netherlands that's with yeah. us. And this gentleman from the Netherlands knows nothing about what Wayne does. And Wayne just rolls it out and starts talking about regenerative ag, big sky capital. So Wayne, try to try to go back to that moment. We're at dinner. We know nothing about big sky capital. Let's try to re- repeat that, please. Go for it. Sure. Tell me about no, it. No, absolutely. I don't even remember what all I said that time. I just kind of had the whole <laughs> spiel that I just rolls. Of off course, of course. <laughs> no. So my background is in accounting information systems. So I've been you know, in accounting and all that kind of stuff. And then I had the privilege of being a a finance guy for a seed and soil health company, which I started, which I was joined in 2013. And during that process, not only was I doing, you know, the accounting work for the company, but we got to start to see um, how farmers and in the condition, the financial condition of farms in North America. And so farms, most farms, um, probably overnight, well, I know well over 90%, at least at that time, and it hasn't changed much since then, are farmed with what we call conventional farming, which is a monocrop is grown, cash crop is grown every year. Uh, There's a lot of tillage, sometimes two, three passes of tillage over the field. There's a lot of uh, synthetic um, chemicals and fertilizers that are put on, herbicides, insecticides, and all that kind of stuff to um, grow that crop. But what happens is you're in essence, when you farm in that uh, monocrop method, you're depleting the soil. You're mining the soil of its nutrients, of its microbiome, of its capability um, to produce healthy plants and so on and so forth, because there's not a lot of change. There's not a lot done to maintain it. And you have to, a farmer has to think of his soil as a bank. You get out of it what you put into it. And so, Um, I had the privilege of working with a renowned, um, uh, back then the term regenerative agriculture didn't even exist. It was just, you know, we called it no-till farming or no-till with cover crops or something like that. 
but it it became what is known today as regenerative agriculture management. And so there's basically six um, principles to that. And one of the things is you stop tillage. So you go no till. Um, you try to keep some kind of armor or protection on the soil. Um, you try to keep a living root in the soil. And the reason you do that is to continue to host that funguses that produce those nutrients for you. And then you have some form of re-inoculation um, through the use of livestock. And it can be as little as six weeks out of the year that you'd have livestock on it. And so that, and there's also, there's things like context and a few other things, but those are the core principles of the regenerative ag thing. And so the thing that really bothered me about farmers is number one, the average age of a North American farmer is 58 years old. And that age is climbing every year. So that means younger farmers are not getting into the business. And the question is, why not? And the reality is, I don't know of many industries where there's so much capital at risk for so little return as farming. And yet farming, uh, food production, what in any way, shape or form is the core of life, really, um, water and food. And so that's a huge concern. The other thing that was concerned is there's a steadily decline. And I think it's on the average of 100,000 acres a year. We're losing farmland in North America. It's going into development. It's going into other uses or whatever. And so at some point you hit a, a pinch point where you don't have enough land to produce enough food. You've mined the land that you do have pretty much to death and you plateau or start decline your food production capabilities. Now, as of today, we're still, you know, a net exporter of food and grain and things to the world, but that is slowly um, coming to a pinch point. So that whole thing started me down the path of, how do we make farming more profitable for people so that younger people, younger generations, next generations want to get involved in it and want to be a part of this? And so when working with farmers, the, the whole thing was, well, if I'm 58 years old, and the other thing is it takes some time to transition a farm operation or a ranch operation from um, a conventionally way, a managed practice to a regenerative way. And on average, we've seen that takes about seven years. Now, there's some that'll do it in five. Others may take 10, things like that. And the way we measure that progress is how much the soil organic matter increases during the time frame. So soil organic matter is um, it's kind of a measurement of soil health. And an interesting fact about soil organic matter, every 1% that you go up in soil organic matter, you increase the water holding capacity of that ground by 27,000 gallons per acre. So this produces a lot of uh, drought, uh, more um, drought tolerance and more um, resistance to dry periods. Um, farming regenerative increases the amount of plant available uh, nutrients um, to the plants. Your plants tend to become healthier over time, uh, over um, success, um, successive years. And um, the real benefit that where the profitability comes from is the eventual you can reduce your input costs. You can reduce the amount of fertilizer, the amount of insecticides or herbicides that are needed to keep pests and weeds and things at bay. And that's where the profitability comes from in regenerative agriculture. So by doing that, on average, we can double the profitability of a farm operation, but it does take a transition period. And so a lot of these guys are saying, hey, I don't have the financial capability to you know, sustain maybe three years of reduced um, yields or reduced returns as I make this transition or uh, you know what I'm too old I'm not 
I mean, I've been doing it this way for 30 years, 40 years. I, I'm not going to make a change now. And so that was kind of the catalyst for what eventually became Big Sky Capital Group. And the whole idea behind that, our um, company is to find those properties, those farm operations, those ranch operations where people maybe are retiring or they want to get out of it or, you know, they're just having a hard time. I mean, farming in the, for the lot this year doing very well, but a few years ago, it was very difficult. And suicide rates were, I think, second only to um, military people with PTSD symptoms. So farm, farm, the suicide rates were pretty significant, especially in the high plains region. So that, that really hit me as well. And so like, what can we do to help these guys? And so our fund basically um, we step in, we'll maybe buy a farm or a ranch from somebody that's retiring and we'll run it through a transition process, either working with a local, another local farmer who is a regenerative, um, who has under, um, taken up regenerative agriculture, or we'll put our own manager on it. We'll transition that farm and then we'll um, hopefully sell it back to a, a person in a younger generation that wants to continue farming and wants to continue that process. And by doing that, we, we strive to double the profitability and also give our limited partners a decent return and a tax benefit um, for helping us do that. So I, I jokingly call it the fix and flips for farms. <laughs> <laughs> so the, so the, 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 the fund, let's talk a little bit about the actual fund structure itself. You've done mm -hmm. a great job of, of telling about, you know, what is the strategy from a scientific regenerative ag perspective. Sure. Let's just let's just touch a little bit about like what what is the structure of Big Sky Capital? You know, how much are you raising? Yeah. Um, you know, how does an, an investor into Big Sky Capital get a return on their investment? Yeah. How does that work? OK, so what we have is a traditional what's commonly referred to as a traditional fund structure. We have a general partner partner entity that owns 20 percent of the fund um, that kind of oversees it and, and kind of is the the catalyst there. 80% of it, the fund then is sold to limited partners, uh, accredited investors who can buy in and starting at $100,000 into the fund. And for the total fund amount, we're raising about $150 million. And the reason we kind of targeted that number, it's small enough to keep us, um, give us some of the exemptions mm -hmm. that we need, but it's large enough to let us do several properties, you know, you know on average, maybe about 10 properties and kind of really get a management uh, structure, a fund management structure in place, um, managing these types of operations. And so, um, yeah. And then we have a, a third entity, which is the management company that oversees, um, the investments, oversees the returns and the benefits to our limited partners is number one, there's a big tax benefit, um, to them. Uh, a little known fact is there's, um, for those of you that are familiar, that are familiar with the multifamily space know there's a lot of cost segregation, analysis done on properties. And we've brought that um, to the farm and ranch space, which there's not a lot of people doing that. And so that maximizes the tax benefit that our investors can get from that, um, especially if somebody has a lot of income they're looking to offset that benefits them. And the other thing is we're looking to buy farms that are just beat down and heavily eroded, depleted, that kind of thing. So those can be bought at a, a, a discount Versus once they're transitioned and once they we've raised this or, uh, soil organic matter, that land actually sells at a premium. So there's a spread there that our our investors partake in as well. Now, Wayne, we've also worked together outside and mm -hmm. Big Sky Capital yep. have worked together to essentially launch uh, a a digital asset, a token. Yes. 
yep. outside OTSD Regen Ag. That's correct. R E G E N Ag on Algorand. Um, and we're in the very early stages of it. And uh, the strategy there is to essentially carve out a portion of that LP position that you mentioned yes. for the tokenization. So essentially we're, we're setting up a, a entity that will become part of that LP that will invest alongside those accredited investors. That's correct. correct. Yes. That's and correct. so, and so I uh, just wanted to, to point that out. You know, I know yeah. you mentioned that, you know, accredited investors with a minimum of a hundred thousand, but yeah. we've also created a way where someone can either buy the token on the open market yeah. or, or use digital property rights.io, which is an outside managed website uh, platform to buy the token uh, in, and take it into the secondary market. So there's multiple yeah. ways that we're working on doing that. And that's yes, very right. innovative. And we're, yes. we're, we're also doing that to take it, to, to take this to a global marketplace to scale. So I just yeah. wanted to make sure we, we touched on that. And like I said, we're in the early stages about that. We'll talk more about that in future episodes as things evolve. Um, but there's something else that's really unique about your, your structure that it, it, you know, we, we talk a lot about land. Yes. Um, but it's not just land. You actually have a venture capital structure around Big Sky yes. Capital. So, so if, if Slade had a startup company that was uh, doing something to improve the soil in agriculture in Nebraska or Kansas or Oklahoma, then Big Sky Capital could very well make a decision to invest in, Clay, in Slade's uh, startup. That's correct. correct. Yeah, we are set up as a venture capital fund. And the reason we do that is because it gives us the most flexibility with real estate and with farm and ranch operations and with any other kind of agriculture based business that could benefit us on that. So yeah, like your example of Slade started, um, I don't know, let's say maybe a biochar business or something like that. Um, we we're looking very heavily at using biochar as part of the, um, accelerating the process because that's that's a huge component and the USDA is looking at putting some um, money available for that. So that also uh, our the venture capital structure allows us the flexibility to invest in in other businesses that support regenerative agriculture. So another one is is a seed production company so like cover crop seeds. You know there's always um seems like there's always a shortage of cover crop seed depending you know depending what type of species you're looking at and stuff. So Allow us can our company can invest in something like that um, just to help allocate some of that seed for our operations as well. So we have, yep. we have a very flexible structure. Yeah, as you know, Wayne, I, I believe I've shared with you in the past, we've done a lot of research with outside on, on biochar, particularly some farmers in Nebraska. Yep. Um, we, we've done a lot of that work in Western Nebraska, that early stage research, and we, we see that opportunity as well, which is why we're working together, why yes, we're aligned. Absolutely. Um, there's another opportunity globally that um, has come up, uh, particularly in my travels in the Middle East over in Dubai, Abu Dhabi, UAE, um, about food security. Yes. And so food security, tell me about how you see Big Sky Capital fitting into food security opportunities globally um, to to help these evolving nations develop a robust um, in-house, as you may call it, or domestic agriculture farming operation so that they can uh, essentially yep. meet that food security concern and need. Yeah. So we have a, lo- a much longer term vision than just an initial ag fund here in North America. That's kind of just, I call it the proof of concept fund, if you will. But eventually we'd like to go internationally with this. So there's, for instance, in the UAE there, you know, when COVID hit, there was a huge um, 
short or not a huge, but there was a shortage of food. They had struggled to get food because everything was shut down. And up to that point, I believe they imported most of their food, if not all of it. Um, same thing in Africa, certain countries, you know, struggled to produce food that they normally imported that they couldn't. And Africa is an interesting continent because there's, there's a man by the name of Alan Savory that's doing um, regenerative ag research over there as well. And they're actually taking desert ground and turning it into farmland. And you have to have an animal or livestock component to do that. And so there's a lot of opportunity to look at some of these desert areas where we can, um, where we can reclaim it and start to farm it and start producing a food in these regions locally um, that other maybe not doing that. The other thing is the whole vertical farming thing. I know the um, United Arab Emirates is, it has opened one of, I think it's one of the world's largest vertical farming that's correct. over there as well. So, you know, and we've talked to a few guys in actually in Colorado that are doing that as well, that have the technology to, to scale um, large vertical farming operations. So there's a lot more to food security and production than just regenerative ag, although regenerative ag plays a huge portion of that because it becomes a sustainable model that makes money for farmers long term. But there's also other things to look at, like, you know, vertical farming and all that kind of stuff. So, Ways to get irrigation, irrigation technology is another thing, you know, getting some more water into, you know, these desert areas to grow plants and that livestock can graze and start this whole um, rebuilding the organic matter of some of these areas that just have been um, previously have looked like there's no way of reclaiming them, really. Wayne, what about um, kind of going back to the um, to the farms, what's been do you have to be completely funded before you guys are going to look at, at buying a farm and taking on the first one? Or are y'all, if one, you know, if you had some funding partially funded and um, had an opportunity there, are y'all ready to go and, and start right away? Okay, what's y'all's timeline, I guess? Yeah. So we, we, we don't, we have kind of an open-ended fund. We have a um, escrow reserve of $5 okay. million. So once we break escrow, you know, once we cross that $5 million mark, the, we're, our documents and our filings allow us to start investing at that point. So that gives us basically one operation to get started with. Mm-hmm. Uh, $150 million, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of these farms. Let's say, you're, let's say we, you know, we're looking at one in um, Illinois right now. A lot of these farms have all the fences have been taken out. All the fence rows have been taken out. Um, they may not have any irrigation or center pivots put on it. So a lot of our money also goes into reestablishing the capability to incorporate livestock easily into these operations um, or to maybe provide irrigation or some of that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, the fund will allow us to do, we figure about 10 to 12 properties and um, regenerate them. And, you know, some of these we may be able to turn around in four or five years and sell them off and then we'll reinvest maybe for another four or five years. So we're an eight year fund with the option of a two year extension, giving us the total of 10 years to kind of transition as many properties and flip them as quickly as we can. Great. So I guess somebody too could reach out, you know, on both sides. One, if they had somebody's listening to this and they've, they're thinking about, Hey, I'd like to get into to farming or like, I'm ready to get out of it. You know, that's, that's something you can keep track of a pipeline for. Yes. For we property. Do. In fact, we have a list of farm managers right now. People that have come to us and said, Hey, as soon as you have a farm, like one guy said, I'll, I'll move anywhere I have to, <laughs> but yeah, we're focusing on the Mississippi watershed. So, you know, East of the Rockies, uh, West of the Appalachians kind of thing, uh, the center part of the country. I know there's a lot of other funds 
that focus like on the Pacific Northwest or a lot of uh, funds focus on California and the orchard and vegetable markets, but we're, we're targeting the traditional corn, beans, soy, you know, corn, soybeans, wheat farmers uh, of the Midwest High Plains region, because that's where, number one, that's where we're the most experienced in from the last 10 years, but also where we see the most potential to grow organic matter as quickly as possible. So, yeah. And I guess uh, you mentioned other funds. So is there, you know, some other companies that are doing, uh, other funds doing the similar, uh, similar as you guys? Yeah, there's, there's one fund I know of in that they only invest in the Pacific Northwest. So they invest in, um, California, Oregon, and Washington. Uh, There's a couple other funds that I know of. Some of the big, um, the big investment companies have like strictly an out, uh, California fund that all they do is invest in orchards like citrus and almond orchards. So yeah. there's a lot of even more specialized thing. We're, we're broadening it a little bit, um, with that. Um, but you know, and also because we're a venture capital fund, so it allows us to also focus on regenerative ag businesses that support, yeah. um, our, our farm and ranch operations as well. So that's kind of a, the other unique portion of us. Wayne, I, I know, I know. I was just to say, I think that gives some investors some confidence too. And, yeah. uh, you know, that this isn't just a completely new concept out of nowhere. Yeah, and, you know, there's, no, you know, you got, you got your own spin on it, but, um, but yeah. yeah, that's, that's good. Wayne, I know I, I, last question here, we'll work towards wrapping things up. Yeah. I, I know you've, you've past couple of weeks, past few weeks, you've been traveling quite a bit. Yes. Spent some time in Colorado, Utah, various places. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about where you've been, what you're, what you're seeing, what the, what the, you know, what the, the environment is for this type of opportunity to share with us some of what you've seen the past few weeks. Sure. No, um, some been some of the travels and I was at, actually at an event earlier this year where one of the speakers who's a renowned investment fund manager that's now retired said agriculture and commodities is one of the few markets where there's not a bubble in it. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, farmland also, um, almost never has gone down in value. It may have plateaued for a while, but it has never gone down in value because like one old guy said, they ain't making any more of it. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, you, you know a, a farm in Missouri just sold for 36000 $33,000 an acre or something yep. like that. Just and insane I heard number. one in Pennsylvania that sold for $48,000 an acre. And Good Lord. it's just, I like, you know, there's so some of these areas have probably some bubbles starting. Maybe I don't know. But, you know, you look at Bill Gates, he's investing in farmland. Warren Buffett's investing in farmland. And they see it as an inflation hedge. They see it as yeah. a commodity, especially if it has water rights with it, that's going to increase in value and um, produce probably bigger returns than what some other investments might at this point. So just to, just to imagine what we could do as we continue to build out digital real world assets yes. on Bitcoin, Ethereum, Algorand, Polygonmatic with farmland yep. in the United States. You, you, you know, I mean, that, that's just a, I mean, now you, I, I hear in, in my world, in the digital asset world, I hear so much talk about people talking about real world assets. Yeah. And this is about as real as it gets. It is. Uh, so, you know, so that, that outside region ag token, no. we're going to continue to build that out and grow that. Is there anything you want to, share uh just before we wrap up here yeah no i just appreciate um you know that time we met back in fort lauderdale and i didn't know who you were you didn't know who i was but you were the only guy up front talking i'm still about trying agland. i'm still trying to figure out who i am <laughs> <laughs> you were the only guy talking about agland so i was in this room of everybody talking about multifamily stuff and medical practices and all this kind of stuff i'm like man i'm a fish out of water and then aaron gets up front and talks about ag and forest land and i'm like 
I'm going to learn to know that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Here we are a year later. And I appreciate the technology and the, you know, the whole digital asset side of things that you brought to the table and opening this up. Cause I don't know of another place where somebody who's not an accredited investor could still potentially participate in a real estate play in an ag play. Um, like, like we've kind of put together. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you very much. And we're, we're still, we're yeah. still building it out. We'll continue yep. to build it out. And it's, it's a, it's a work in progress and we'll get there. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're essentially going to carve out a place for digital assets to work alongside everything that you've shared about is what we're yeah. doing. And so, no, uh, you know, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be down in Alabama here in a couple of weeks with Slade and we're going to be tokenizing a property in Alabama. We're going to be cool. taking the strategy and applying it to, uh, what I think a 600 acre property in Alabama slate. Yeah. uh, Yep. Yep. So we're going to continue to scale and grow the strategy. And so, uh, you know, there's so much, so much opportunity in the regen ag space. And so we're, uh, we're going to, you know, build everything we can to uh, uh, allow people to participate. And that's what we're doing. The other thing I like to say too, you know, a fund structure has to be closed out at some point, you know, like we have an eight year, 10 year fund structure. I, I still want to see at some point where there's long t- companies that long term maybe own some of this land and make sure ensure that it stays in regenerative ag and they can be maybe tokenized companies or something like that. And I think that's where your company outside could step into a role, something like that at some point down the road, where when a fund structure closes out, there's another company that can do a long term thing to yeah. ensure that these farms don't re- regress <laughs> back into conventional methods. Because once you have a regenerative farm, it's very easy to go back because now you have a lot of available resources. And so you can get away with it for a few years, but eventually you're back in where you were. Yep. Um, yep. Well, well thank ago. you. Thank you. So how's the, what's the weather today in Great Falls, Montana, Wayne? It's uh, blue skies, clear. It's like 56 degrees. Uh, it's just beautiful fall weather. The aspens are at peak or slightly past peak. So. It's great. You, you started started to see some snow on the mountaintops around where you look. And- we haven't seen any snow here, but I was in Colorado earlier this week, and they have there's some fresh snow on those peaks. So it's coming. Uh-huh. It's coming. Where Where are you today, Slade? I'm in Alabama. We're We're sunny and 82 right now. So okay. uh, good. <laughs> good. That's yeah. Funny. Well, you know, I'm I'm in I'm in Richmond, Virginia today. It's I think it's like 53 this morning. High 75 today. Sunny. A little bit overcast yeah. this evening, I think. So, um, you know, typical typical fall weather. You know, yep. really nice. Cool and also, uh, well, Wayne, I, we appreciate you uh, sharing with us about uh, Regen Ag. And, yes, thank you, uh, thank you, thank you for having us all here today. And happy to have you tell us a little bit more about it. And we'll, uh, I know we're working on some guests for some upcoming episodes. Yes. So I've got a few people that I've already reached out to and we've spoken to um yeah. we'll, we'll, and like i said 25th 26th slate and i'll be together and we'll probably try to do some live podcast uh from alabama um yeah. and see what we can do with that you know a, a challenge is always <laughs> cell reception in our world right you know yep. wi-fi connections and different things so we're always trying to deal with that so uh yes. so anyway well thank you so much thank you guys thank you appreciate you for all being here and yeah, if the audience has any suggested guests that you'd love to have us interview, um, suggest them to them. You know, when we post this on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform, which will be on all those, why feel free to send us messages and of guests that you'd like us to interview related to real estate, uh, uh, ag land, or any of that kind of stuff or token stuff. You know, we'd be more than happy to have those people on as guests as well. So that wraps it up today, folks. Thank you again, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.